Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 140. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions made for and by our listeners. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales, and this week we're going to talk about Project Octopath Traveler for Nintendo Switch. Me and Brett played some Destiny multiplayer, made a clan. Uh, Nintendo's releasing a lot of information, possibly getting the classic next year. What? Wow. And, hey, don't, don't, and Apple is releasing some games that is kind of messed up. Also, PewDiePie is making a fool of himself yet again. And this week's discussion, talking about what are we talking about, Brad? Oh my gosh, we're talking about franchises and what do we do when a game comes out for a franchise that we adore that doesn't really deliver? Yep. And how we deal with that? Yeah. We we may need counseling. Yeah, we need counseling. Hurry, someone help us. We're crying in the corner. Anyway, hey. It is September 19th, 2017. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you guys like what you hear, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review or tell a friend. Now it's time to talk about the games we play this week. And Austin, if you're anything like me, I feel like we have been playing Destiny. But before we get into that, I do want to talk about another game briefly because we have Destiny to talk about. Lots of Destiny. But... Damn it, it's happening again. There is a game that is coming out for the Switch called Project Octopath Traveler. This is a game that is a working title. It is to, it is being published by Square Enix, and it comes out next year. But they released a demo, and we've played it. So I briefly played it. Briefly played it. You mostly played it. I mostly played it. And it's nice. It's cool. So this is a... They call it a 2D HD plat not platformer, like RPG turn-based RPG game. It is very interesting in that um in this game you have a selection of characters. There's about seven or eight. In the demo you have two to choose from, a guy and a girl. And I chose a guy. Did you choose a guy? I choose a guy you too. You chose a guy. Yeah. Um he is a very well-spoken, strong warrior type person. Giant sword. Giant sword. Kills and all that multiple stuff. men in With one swoop. His sword or pike axe or whatever that yeah, no pole arm. Yeah, pole arm. That's what it's called for some reason. Um, but which I feel like cool it'd be too. hard to carry a pole arm and a giant sword. Yeah, but he's he's epic. So yes, that's true. He has the potential to do. He is an he anime wants. warrior. He's of an great anime strength. Warrior. So the uh, the first thing I noticed about this game that I thought was really interesting was the art style. And mm. it is mm. like an isometric kind of... It's like you're looking at it from the side, but they have done this depth of field thing with um, 3D ele- 3D-ish elements, but mostly depth of field. So like... The thing that the layer that your character is on is in focus, but then the things in the foreground and the things in the background are out of focus to create this illusion of depth. Right. Right. Um, did you go inside any buildings? I did. So Just that was great. a cool transition. I, I love how it, like every, everything, the same thing happens is like everything in the background's out of focus, everything in the front is out of focus. You got like this weird smog or smoke that's kind of floating around and 
I don't know. It's very dreamy esque. Like it is very dreamy. Never seen a game like this. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating to me because it's it looks like a really old game. I mean, two D like sixteen bit, eight bit, or whatever you want to call it, like art style characters and stuff. But adding that depth in there makes it feel so modern, and the gameplay feels more modern. Um, and it does feel like a Square Enix title. Like once I got in the turn based strategy part of it, I was like, okay, this is definitely like a Square Enix kind of game. Um, but the combat's cool. Like there's, you have attack options, you have defense options, you have your items and then you have your abilities and your abilities obviously have your, um, your ability points or whatever they call them SP. I forgot what SP stands for, but SP is like what you use up skill points. (laughs) That's makes sense actually. (laughs) Um, use up your skill points in order to you have these certain abilities that can like, you know, give you a boost of attack for three turns or will give you a double attack with your sword as opposed to a single attack. And then another feature I thought was interesting. I don't know if you've experienced this in a game before, but that boost option when you're attacking, right. Um, where you can, you know, press the R button and it'll give you a double attack. That's a, that basically is two hits rather than three. And you only have a, like five charges that get used up, but can be replenished by doing certain other ability attacks. Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I didn't realize that. So whenever you're fighting, you can use your standard attack and just slash with a sword and do your standard damage. Or you have like four or five of these boosts. And if you use a boost, it'll do a times two. So it'll do two hits. But if the enemy like breaks it and blocks that attack, then you only do one hit. But you have that option to do more. And then you lose that that boost level after a period of time. But if you do other abilities, you can attack them and then potentially by hitting them with like a critical hit or something like that, it'll give you those boosts back and replenish them so that you can do more of them. But that was a great way to gain an advantage because there was a part later in the game where you're fighting these three guys that some reason twice the size as you and they are very hard to kill. Like it, I felt like I was draining. They don't show you XP bars either that oh, I could man. find. You mean health bars? Health bars, yeah. And I just was like, yours. And I'm just like, when are these people going to die? Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, this thing forever. I was slashing, attacking, and ability striking, and all these things, and they just won't fall and die. But um, it's cool. Like, I am really looking forward to this game. This isn't my kind of so, game, but this, I'm excited. I mean, there's a lot of these games that are out on like game, the Game Boy and. And that kind of 2D at 3DS. And all yeah, that, yeah. Like this isn't a game that I would play, but because of its, um, the way it presents itself and it's kind of unique style. Um, I think I can get into it. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, I don't like the whole where you like, you know, read all the text and then click it and, you know, I don't know. It just, I feel like just, every Nintendo game is that way <laughs> though, which is true, weird. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, well, actually, literally every Nintendo game that's been out, like Splatoon has that. Yeah. And then Super Mario is going to have that. And I mean, you have all the Pokemon it's games. It's so have weird. That. Even ARMS had that. Like, yeah. that's just like, I guess, a Japanese style of telling a story. They don't do as much voice acting. Right. It's just. And this one has voice text. acting. Zelda had it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. True, true. But yeah, this one did have voice acting, which is pretty awesome. good so far. Awesome. Yeah. Um, definitely gonna have to pick it up but it sucks it's only coming out next year yeah so we don't know when it's coming out yet but it's it's uh well i mean it will be next year but we don't know the name or what it's gonna be about so what we've seen so far though it's pretty interesting yeah, great gameplay great presentation great art style yep you can't definitely. get much better than that it's a dig <laughs> it's a it's a yeah it's but a it's free so you, you don't pick this up and you have a switch uh 
You're missing out, bro. Yeah, it's cool to check out. So, um, all right, so let's jump into some Destiny. So we play more Destiny. Destiny has been out now for roughly, what, two weeks, I guess? Or it'll be two weeks at the time of this podcast. Right. Um, so, announcement real quick. Oh, yeah. We have a clan, and you should join our clan. It's called The Inner Gamer. Surprising. Literally called The Inner Gamer, yeah. and our tag is bracket tig. Boom. Yeah. So How come- do they go about joining that? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, you can go on the Bungie.net and look for clans, but I have been unsu- I've been unsuccessful unsuccessful on actually doing that. So well, surely that's built into the system too, wouldn't it? I don't know. I, it's not. I even searched on the Bungie thing. I put the damn it, Bungie. Clan. Yeah, no, they say you can, but then it's they have it. I don't know. Fucking dug in there somewhere. So if you can, if you're able to do that, look for us. Send us an invite. We'll we'll accept you. It's invite only right now. Um, and you can also, I mean, if you want to, if you do want to join our clan on that, which we are also going to create one on the PC version when that comes out, if you're interested in joining that, send us an email at hellodinnergamer.net. And if nothing else, we'll just get your gamer tag or your PSN ID and we'll send you an invite through that. So yep, we could do that too. Um, yeah, let us know. And it is growing. What are we, what are we at now? We 10, will seven, have... Eight? Uh, no, no, no. We have like almost 15 members. Oh, we have like 15 members now. So that's cool. So there's going to be people to play with whenever, all the time. And we're almost to our first goal. So we're going to get more glimmer drop for everything. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. So if you are part of a clan, it gives you a better improved benefits for destiny. So everything that individual players do will benefit the clan. So if you can complete crucible milestones or if you complete missions in the game or if you achieve raids and finish those all that not only levels up your personal character but it also contributes to your clan's experience right so you need a hundred thousand points to get to level two in order to get the perk spread the wealth where you gain additional glimmer when looking, uh, when looting Ingrams. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, I already have the max amount of glimmer that I could get, but still like, that's a Is nice a little perk. Yeah. You get like a, I think you can't get more than almost a million or something like that. <laughs> I you better start spinning that. Yeah, I know. It's like, there's hardly anything to spin it on to begin that's with. That's crazy. Anyway. So I think it's cool. And I mean, as you rank up, there's there's uh, six tiers. So with those tiers, you have increased loot drops, increased, just increased everything. Increased, get, get tokens. Increased and everything. It's just helping you get gear better, which is this game is all about. Apparently. Right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I also want to mention a little bit more, because like last time we didn't talk a whole lot on the open world aspect of this game. Um, at least I hadn't gone there yet. I know you briefly talked on it, but we played a lot of adventures now. We've done a lot more um, public missions. You've done some strikes. So we didn't talk as much about that last time, but I like the fact that when you get into in an open world environment in this, it feels like there's actually people there this time. Like it's alive. Like things are happening around you everywhere. Right. right. There's action going on. People are dying and you're like, you literally can't go far without getting into some kind of encounter of some kind. Um, that was impressive. Um, the adventures are pretty cool. Like I actually want to do them. Yeah. They're actually missions. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's actually like <laughs> levels of things to them to do. And right. then I played one that took me like all over the place, made me find a vehicle and I had to go like defend these areas and place these beacons to, 
allow information word to go out about the farm, and then you go from point A to point B to point point C. There's basically three C, parts. There is a boss ish battle where you have to fight these big guys, and there's a bunch of exploding barrels everywhere, and it was it was challenging. Like it was super hard, but I had my vehicle that could shoot out bullets and stuff and fly around and all that stuff. So that was really awesome. Um, but I like that there's like a slight story component to it. There's right. it's not just going, right. you're actually being narrated things and being guided along the way. Right. So that was an improvement. Yeah, the way they've set everything up compared to the last game, like you have to unlock certain things as you progress through the game. And I think that kind of adds to not just putting it all out there and people get so used to that and get bored of what is going on. Right. Cause like I, I, I stopped, I haven't really played the campaign that much. Right. But apparently I won't spoil it for anybody, but Charlie kind of spoiled where you end up. Um, the farm, you, you no longer had go to the farm once you complete the game. Okay. Yeah. There's a new like hub world. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I thought the farm was like where we're at now, you know, like that's just, yeah, it. Like, it's cool to see that, like, you know, eventually you open up patrol missions and the challenges and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I really enjoy this. Like, it's not just a big glob of throw up and, you know, do what you want. Now it's like, okay, I've progressed here. I've so started. can you go back to the farm or is it just... I don't know. Event? Okay. I have no idea. Because, like, I know they're doing... The, apparently the Trial of the Nine that just came out, there's, like, another social space with that. Right. And then there's going to be a new social space, the new DLC that comes out called The Lighthouse that so you'll be able to explore and visit. Um, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming up. So public events, public events. Yes. Dude, they're amazing. They're, I love they're very good. I could play that. I literally could just hop from public event to public event. And it's, a, I, I won't, I, I don't get bored. Now, do you feel like they're, is there a point where they get re- repetitive in terms of what they do? I mean, yes. Cause I, I saw, it is repetitive. cause like we did it, we did a public event on the, uh, what's the first one European dead zone or whatever. Yeah. And then I was watching a video of somebody doing a public event in another planet and it was the exact same event, Yep. but on another planet. Yeah. So it was basically, there's only three public events that okay. happen throughout the worlds. Okay. So you have the Vex, you have already have the Kapal, the Cabal, the Cabal the fallen, the fallen, and, and the vex. No, you have the other one. Uh, the what's, what's it called? Uh, the thing. Uh, the taken. Taken. Yeah. I like how they all have the in front of them. Right. <laughs> the cabal, the <laughs> fallen, the vex, the, the take. taken, the inner gamer. <laughs> dot net. Don't forget. Um, anyway, those things. So yeah. I mean, they do get repetitive, but I. It's always a challenge because. I know how to make them all heroic. So me and Travis played one time and we were unsuccessful in getting heroic. And it's just like, ah, like I know it's like, it's always like, I need to get that. And I'm working to that. And there's a possibility that I won't get it. Oh, so and for it's me, always that's, nice when you're like doing it and then somebody else shows up to like help you out. Right. And that happens more often than not. Oh, dude, it's now. glorious. It's glorious when people start coming in and you're just like, ah, just like by yourself and backup arrives and you guys just take it down. It's so cool. Yeah. But the 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 fallen um the, when they do the uh on oh, what's it Titan yeah I can do the fallen public drop or public event by myself oh wow no problem yeah um so the other component that we didn't talk about last time a whole lot is this this token system that seems to be a very common thing like it used to be you would go around you get all these 
I feel like the Engram drops are less common, and now you get these tokens for every aspect of the game. So really? I get more Engrams than I ever I mean, have. I still get Engrams and stuff like that, but like the tokens are a big part of it that were right, never right. in existence before. And every, they, le- every well, world I think it was said the, coin, the, the strange coin is kind of what this the is. token is now. But okay. instead of completing certain missions, get strange coin to use for um, Zer. You just you you go complete all these things on certain planets and get those planets coins, start tokens, right. and you take that to the main, the main person there of that planet. I don't even know what to call. I him. like that. I like NPC. the fact that they have one at each planet. Yes, because. That saves me from going back to the farm or the tower every time oh, man. and all that to yeah. redeem all these things that I've worked on. Like I hated having to, you do all these bounties and you get all this stuff and you have to go back and find all these different people to go to. And now you're, you're at this planet. You want some cool weapons. There's a guy there that you can go talk to. You can fast travel to and then redeem your stuff. All right. And, um, and now there's challenges you complete for each planet. Yeah. And then you have all the patrol quests, challenge quests and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot more content. Right. Um, some people have been complaining about the shaders. I haven't really gotten too many shaders, but they're one-time use. So you get in there, you use a shader on an item, and then it's gone. So you can't switch to another shader for that item and then go back to the old one. So people like that ability to be able to like swap things out, but now they're consumables as opposed to things that you swap. So I enjoy you can... <laughs> The cool thing is you can put on guns and you can put on your sparrow and you can put it on your, your yeah ship, your spacecraft like that is amazing right I mean that that, that sucks now, the trade off is one shader that can be put on any of those things or is there specific shaders too no all all the shades can be put on anything all all items gotcha all equipable items in your inventory. individually right yeah individually yeah, yeah. okay so I mean it sucks for that trade off but at the same time like I haven't really ran out of anything yeah because. You'll see as you progress, things start being thrown away constantly. I mean, that's just what right. Destiny is. You're just throwing away gear left and right and, and picking which ones you want to keep. But I finally got to a point where it's like, I want to keep this one item. So since it's so easy to, uh, what is it called? When you boost up that item and you oh, destroy another yeah. one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I dismantle? No, that's that's how you get rid I of mean, it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Infuse. Yeah, infuse. Thank you. When you infuse another item, like I know I'm going to keep these items for a long time, so I just infuse old items like or items that I find, you know, and I keep the shader on it so I'm not like wasting it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You have to be smart about it. Yeah. So. Well. I pretty much found a look I like and I just keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I'm still, I'm still definitely digging the game. It's, it's fun. It definitely has a lot of this, a lot. Uh, there's still things there in Destiny Two that I don't like from Destiny One. Like those, some of those things still exist. Um, so I mean, Luke Ryan is still a thing. I feel like it's not as much, not of a- as much of a frustration. But I'm curious right. to see once we get to the end game. What that's gonna be like, right? Um, so I've completed everything this week, like most of the challenges that you can get, because that's when you get, you know, every week you complete these things, you get cool gear, right? Ingram right. And the milestones like and stuff. And yeah. It's like I've done it all, and like I don't know what to do in Destiny right now. Besides, like go around, do public events. I mean, I still can complete the main mission, which I'm probably yeah. gonna do right now. I mean, it's still like you know, you have a set number of strikes and it's a raid, and then you just at some point, once you beat it all, you just repeat that same content. Yeah, again, yeah. Right? So I've so. I finally hit that and. It's cool, and I want what to do power it with level you guys. Are you? I'm like two sixty or something. Okay, yeah, I'm getting up there. I'm I'm ready to raid now. Like, 
That's how far I've gotten. Apparently, the rate is incredible. That's what I hear. Yeah, so I'm, I'm anxious to finally get it. And the new together. maps that have opened up. Holy oh, yeah. shit! Like, so we might as well talk about that. Yeah, multiplayer. Now. So somebody, somebody, the the raid was completed in five and a half hours. Um, once it was completed, it unlocked a new map, and that map is now available to everybody. Yeah, I haven't played it yet, but did you play it? I did. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Okay, so when I first played Crucible. There's only like two maps I was playing the whole time. Right. Next day, like I played an extra map. And then and then when I played yesterday, there was like two more new maps. And I was like, what the hell? Like what yeah, I played I played that one. Yeah, so that's yeah. the one that unlocked with the Emperor's Respite is what it's called. So that's one that how unlocked. many maps are in the Crucible? Because I thought it was only two, and then I thought they're gonna release more. I guess they are releasing more, but I'm so confused like how they're doing this. Because I literally played like ten matches with only and, and two maps. Well, yeah, and then you got the uh, the the maps that are specific to um, um, what do you call it? That are specific to oh. certain game types. So oh, okay, that's probably what it was. Game types only have certain that's maps. Probably what it was. It looks like here that there are four, six maps, which isn't a lot, unfortunately. So, yeah, but anyway, cool. Well, that is our news on that. We're still we're we're eventually gonna have a discussion topic of some kind where we mix in um we we kind of compare Destiny One and Destiny Two, but we want to give a lot of time to the raids and the strike missions and then some of the nightfall stuff as they become more pronounced before we do that. So stay tuned for that, and that's gonna be it for our games this week whoop, 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 so stay whoop. tuned for our gaming news and we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about nintendo direct apple announcements all that stuff there's some great things to discuss and we'll be back after the break you're listening to the inner gamer Welcome back it is time for our video game news segment in this segment we will share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry and i gotta say man there's some there's some good stuff to talk about this week there is some good stuff to talk about this week but first we're gonna open up with the biggest Brett, news probably this week what is there good stuff to talk about this week no you first, okay yeah yeah i'm trying to make a moment out of this there's okay. good stuff to talk about there's good stuff to talk about are you excited you excited oh man a producer in going the back down. is just like mm, producer who's that <laughs> Was that? All right, she's, news. She's, she's talking. But Nintendo. She can't be heard. <laughs> anyway, so Nintendo had their Nintendo Direct last week, and there's a lot of things that were announced there. Some of them very surprising, but we're gonna do a run through. Actually, um, well, no, I'm just gonna go into it. So just get in it. Let's get, just get, get all into into it. Deep so lake. this event came out. We had a lot of stuff that was announced. Um, such as a Mario Odyssey Switch bundle and a Mario Odyssey themed Switch carrying case. But then they've also brought out some release date announcements, such as Xenoblade Chronicles 2 gets a release date for December 1st of this year. So those Xenoblade Chronicles fans will get that game this year. In addition, Skyrim on the Switch ha finally has a release date. It comes out November 17th. Austin, what are you going to do with yourself? I'm not going to buy it. Oh, Really? I, I, I have it's it. It's amazing. I want it HD. You want it, you want it like high resolution want to, 4K. And I want to be able to actually mod it. So Right. 
Okay, that makes sense. But so, you never know. I might just get it because... I mean, you can, like, sword fight with your Joy-Cons uh, now. That doesn't really... Of course, you're going to get on me. VR, probably. Exactly. So be a thing. I'm not going to have two, three Skyrims, four Skyrims. I already bought it on the Xbox. And I know you're already having enough. Wait, Xbox. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I bought it on the Xbox first. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's been out um, for a while. So then... Uh, Bethesda kind of threw us for a loop when they announced two games coming to the Switch. One is the Switch version of Doom that came out last year. What? Why, which why? blew my mind. No, I'm actually pretty pretty excited. You, that you didn't get Doom on the Switch? Well, no, but okay. well, yeah, that's true. I guess I guess I'm not gonna. I mean, I want to play on PC with like high resolution <laughs> graphics <laughs> and stuff. But it's like why put yeah. it on Switch? But then they not well because then you can take it with you. So that's 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 for some people that's really important. That's true. Um, that's true. Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. This really surprised me. Is coming to the Switch. Why? why? So. You know, because up to this point, we haven't had games that are like AAA level title games other than Nintendo games coming to the Switch. Right. They are bringing this to the Switch. So those that want to take their awesome game portable now have the opportunity to do so. I'm curious to see what the sales are going to be like for the Switch versions of these. I am too. Um, but that's not going to come out like this year. That's going to be like next year in 2018, which Wolfenstein comes out this year, but they're going to wait on the Switch. Um, Makes sense. The new Kirby game finally has a name. It's called Kirby Star Allies, and it is coming out next year as well. So that's cool. They showed some video on that. Um, they're bringing out a Pokemon-themed Nintendo 2DS XL, which, you know, it's a 2DS XL with Pokemon themes, so that's pretty awesome. More 2DSs. They announced their, uh, a bunch of other things, like Minecraft is coming to the Nintendo 3DS, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon had an updated trailer, um, they're making a Battle Royale mode for Kirby, which is not like Battle Royale that you think of, but it's for Kirby. Um, and then, on top of that, they did come out and say that for the first time ever, we are going to be getting the classic arcade games from Nintendo on the Nintendo Switch. Oh! So, now, in the past, people might be like, well, this has happened before. No, it has not. So, previously, we've had games that have been released on a regular basis, classic games, like with the uh, virtual console and all that stuff. But, for some reason, Nintendo has never taken the time to port its own arcade software. So... They've never had their own library. It's been games from other classic publishers, but not their own stuff. So for some reason, arcade games are back, and they fall into two categories. The arcade originals that Nintendo made in the early 80s and games from the Versus system, which was a modular arcade system based on NES hardware. Um, so in their video, they announced the following games coming to um, the Switch at some point. Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers, Balloon Fight, Ice Climber, Pinball, Clue Clue Land, and Punch Out. So that's the first lineup. And the first game to release is on September 27th, and that is Mario Brothers. So on September 27th, which is uh, not far from now, eight days from today, you'll be able to play Mario Brothers. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So it's interesting because, like, this is, uh, you know, it's not a virtual console or whatever, but it's just a release that they've ported over and they're going to release as a title. I guess you can buy, maybe. I don't, I get, I mean, that, that's, that's my assumption. So interesting. It's exciting because when I got on, uh, the, 
when I got on this morning to get Octopath, I was looking at what they have in the eShop, and it's really, really awesome to see a buttload of games that I have never heard of and <laughs> I know crazy? are not Nintendo games at all. And yeah. like Nintendo has quickly filled up their eShop with these really awesome well, I won't say awesome because I don't know if they are awesome, but these really unique indie games that probably wouldn't be released any other where any other place besides Steam. Which even then, I don't think they would get the notoriety or the chance to even have a chance to 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 thrive. And Nintendo's done something great here, which I'm happy to see. Which what is what I wanted from the beginning, but obviously they had to, you know, they have to build a community, and I think they're really really got onto that it's not even a year yet like there's a lot happening with nintendo there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there i mean i was looking through the shop i mean every week i feel like there's like five or six new titles that drop on there right and when i when it, pc pc has so many games that come out on steam every week that i don't pay attention to that i don't ever browse the playstation store i don't ever browse the xbox store but i literally browse every single game that comes out in the eShop. i don't right. know why that is i think it's because there's not as many coming out all at once maybe. right right but I look at every single one of them, and I typically <laughs> bought one a week. Yeah, there's almost. a few in there. I was like, hmm. Yeah. You know, there, there are games on there that in the past I would never have touched. Right. But now that I have this console, it's like, I might just drop 15 bucks on this little known indie game. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, there was one that just came out on the eShop. Um, it's $13 right now. I almost bought it this morning, but I did not yet because I got the Octopath demo instead. I'm trying to think what it was called. It is a two-player game that looks really good. I'm trying to find it. Oh, Rayman Legends came I, out. I saw that. I was yeah. very tempted to get that. So that's like brand spanking new. So it's funny um, to see the success of the Switch when we had the PS Vita at one point. And this is... The PlayStation could have jumped on that, like, hardcore and had its own little thing. But it's kind of hard to, to have two, you know, competing products that you want one to be more successful than the other and stuff like that. Like, how do you, how do you manage that? I don't know how you do that, but yeah, I don't know. I think the video could have been something special. They continued to build a community around it, but I guess at the time, no one really knew what they were doing. Robonauts. Did you see this game? I did. I did. This, this looks is, really this good. Game? Yeah. It's two player. Oh, and it's split screen. That actually. looks like, uh, lovers in a dangerous space. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. A little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, there's there's some good stuff coming out there. Um, last thing I want to mention on the Nintendo front is they are bringing back the NES Classic. Oh, thank goodness. So people thought it was gone forever, but it's not. They're bringing it back next year to retail stores. So <laughs> when we thought it was a one and done, it may be something they re Yeah, they're bringing, it back. They're bringing it back like five, so be ready. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, five and then it's gone forever until next year when they bring out five more. Five every year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there it is. Um, awesome. So that's that that part of Nintendo Directs. So a lot of cool news, exciting things coming out with that. Um, yeah, that's good. I mean, we got Super Mario Odyssey coming out soon. Later on, we'll talk about Pokemon Tournament coming out next week. So My goodness, there's stuff happening. When on Brett the plays Nintendo it. Front. Brett's gonna play it. Oh yeah, you know it. <laughs> um, so Apple had an announcement last week, actually several announcements. They released their big, huge thing. And I'm a big Apple fan. I'm kind of obsessed. Um, they announced some new products. They brought out an Apple watch with cellular technology. So you can now take your Apple watch with you without your phone. So that was really cool. 
And then they announced two new iPhones. They had, well, basically three. iPhone 8, which is essentially a 7S, and then the 8 Plus 7S with wireless charging and new technology built into it and all this advanced stuff. And you're gonna you're getting day one. No. I might get the X. Haven't decided yet. So that's the other one they announced was the iPhone X. And that one has a almost edge-to-edge borderless screen. So the screen fills it up. It's OLED. So it's like a million to one contrast ratio color-wise, which is insane. And it has a six-core processor. So it's better than my desktop computer almost. I I thought it was a gaming podcast. It is. This is leading into the gaming <laughs> okay, podcast. Okay. So all of that stuff came out with the iPhone X. And one of the things that Apple has been pushing really heavily is this AR kit technology, which is going to make it easier for game developers to develop augmented reality technology which for their system. Which we haven't really seen. Minus right. Microsoft, which hasn't done anything. Yeah, the like, HoloLens, hey, look at this. but that's so like cool. goggles. You know, right, like, right. I feel like this is a good stepping stone. <laughs> Can you imagine wearing those everywhere around? Oh, gosh, it'd be crazy. <laughs> hey, guys, why don't um, you have your goggles on? There's stuff yeah. going on right here at the AR. And, and Pokemon Go is touted as like an AR game, but nobody uses the AR feature in Pokemon Go. So Not anymore. It's, there really hasn't been an AR game yet. But they have this new technology coming out, and... They showed off some examples at the event, and some of them are like practical examples. So you can hold up your phone to the sky, and it actually uses the 3D space and fills in like constellations within the sky that you're looking at. So it like overlays it on top of the sky, okay. and it's super okay. accurate in 3D. Right. And then they have something where you're like playing baseball, and then you can see like in the space of what you're playing, like you can see people's heads pop up, like you're at a sports game. You can hold up your phone to the sports game and see like icons on the players that oh, are there and wow, like what they're cool. what they're doing um and then they announced the game that is called the machines this is a real-time multiplayer game from directive games and it's an ios exclusive and it's designed specifically for ar so say you have a table and you're it's like your kitchen table or coffee table or whatever you hold up your phone and it builds a 3d augmented reality world on top of it so as you move around the space and go up and down left to right or whatever you can literally look around in this space just like you would in a VR headset. So you can like kneel down and see lower on the space. You can move your phone inward and get closer to the action. And you're controlling units of armies to fight other players in multiplayer. So like imagine if you and I are in the room together, we're on opposite sides of the table. Right. We can battle each other in multiplayer and see ourselves behind each other and fight on this space in front of us with our phone. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that you, you could do it anywhere, technically. Yeah, you could. I mean, we could be sitting there at, at having d- a dinner. beer at craft beer, <laughs> probably, yeah, or at dinner or whatever, and just like fighting each other with AR and be like, oh, I can't believe you did that. And people are like, what are they, what are they, what are they talking about over there? Wait, why are they, why are they walking around a table? And then with they their come phones? and look at our screen yeah. and they're like, oh, I see. Oh, I shit. see. So, so it'd be cool if they had something like that to do like a tournament type thing. Right. Where they could have like a projected view like a separate camera doing an overhead view and you can see the whole thing that's on oh, screen. Oh, that'd be nice. Right? And then we're the ones using the camera or the phone as, you know. That could be our next, uh, our meetup. Let's, let's <laughs> just meet up anywhere that has tables. That's cool. And then there's our, everybody brings their phones and plays flat, these games. Flash mob, we could flash mob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty awesome. So there's, there's some Good cool stuff. tech coming out Good there. Stuff. I'm excited about that. 
Um, in addition to that, they also announced a new game that is going to be exclusive for a brief period of time to Apple. This, which is surprising to me, is amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, if anybody remembers the company, that game company, they made Journey, they made Flower. Um, they have a new game coming out called Sky, and Sky is similar to Journey, but it is literally going to be exclusive to iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV, and it is a um, it's a multi-platform game, so it's going to be on those, but eventually will be coming out on PC. So we'll get there eventually. But this game, you saw the trailer, right? Yeah. What do you think? So short, but like so inspiring, and I want to play this game. It's, it's just a dude who looks like one of the people from Journey. He jumps off into this cloud, like thing. This whole this like cloud, all, all these clouds in the sky. And you know there's a huge adventure there. And it seems like it's multiplayer. It is. It's a multiplayer social game. Like, I, I can only imagine wh- what fun this game will have. But obviously we know nothing. Right. But I, but I love this. I love these. I love I love it. And I mean, this is a good, good success for Apple because, you know, up to this point, they haven't really gotten many. Um, they haven't gotten many exclusives that or at all like nobody knows that much about like, nobody looks to apple tv specifically as a gaming platform right right they tried that they wanted that to happen but it never really picked up so hopefully with this and then as more things come out they have the potential to make that a thing right it's right. just a matter of yeah because i remember when they were trying the right to titles. get everything going with uh you know all the games on apple tv and make that kind of a selling point as well and it was cool, but it was just like a fad, really, like a very short-lived fad. But with something like this, like it looks like a triple-A game, you know what I mean? Right. Like I, yeah. I'm very excited for this game. It's very pretty. And I mean, if you like Journey and I guess if you like Flower, you know, it's like a combination of those two, really. Yep. It's got a good look to it. With Unreal so, Engine 4 graphics. That's our Apple stuff, so that's pretty fun. If Let us know if you guys have any input on the... Uh, Apple iPhone and its potential as more of a gaming system. Um, I forgot to mention earlier, I'll, I'll mention this next week, but I've been playing Monument Valley 2 on my phone. Oh, nice. It's super good. Right, right, right. So we'll talk about that later on. I but played the it, first one. It was good. Oh, it's, yeah. It's you know, it's a pretty game. I bet you anything, the second Switch will have a, a camera on the on the back of it and probably on the front of it. I can see them doing AR stuff with that. I mean, why not? They could. Why not? Yeah. Just saying. Anyway, awesome. So uh, next story we have is a game called Battleborn. We've talked about this a few times. <laughs> it's still alive. It's, it's had its ups and downs. It still has its downs. And recently it went free to play a couple months ago, I guess. And the creative director has come out and said that their fall update is going to be its last update. And then they're putting it to rest and just letting it kind of ride. Um, and that's a bummer because it was a good game. We reviewed it as like, this is going to be better than Overwatch. It's going to be so cool. And then we got Overwatch and we like changed our minds pretty quick. And it's it saddens me because I've been listening to a interview with Randy Pitchford, the CEO of Gearbox, and him talking about his whole career and what people expect of them after their success of Borderlands and how... And it's it's a lot harder once you have a game that has taken the world by storm, right? As Borderlands has, right? 
like they've gone and they're now considered like a Borderlands studio rather than a fresh studio. Right, and that's what this right. game was intended to be. But timing, man, just well, killed it. I, I think what what kind of killed it, I, I feel like what killed it was the graphics for for, for this game, Battleborn. You think so? Yeah, because it's very, it's very similar to Borderlands. Well, yeah, you, you should. Well, no, I mean, I think it's similar to Overwatch. No, it doesn't Overwatch have like, has the its own ink art on the out, like the outlines or anything like that. Well, I'm not saying it's like exactly like it, but I think it's similar in, in ways yeah. to like that company, the way that they create things, especially coming off of Borderlands. While Overwatch is, you know, very unique, very clean, you know. Work with me here, Brett. <laughs> I don't know. I think Overwatch and Battleborn look like the same art style. No, no I completely disagree. Okay. Completely disagree. Well, let us know in the comments yeah. what you guys think. I, I'm sorry. I just don't think they yeah. look anything alike with each other. Um, but, you know, I think I think if they kind of reach out and try to pick some games that are very different all around, like I, th- I think they had a good game going. I just think, you know, if they would have, Maybe more realistic graphics or something like that. Yeah, could it could have helped change it up a bit? You know, because everyone's like, "Oh, this is gonna be like Borderlands. It's gonna look like Borderlands. It's gonna have like, you know, oh Borderlands. It's just gonna be another kind of Borderlands game." And then you know, it's not. So. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is they were they were wanting a Borderlands three, and they got a Battleborn, and it was very different um, style. But it's a hero shooter. They're both hero shooters, and I think that's what kind of killed them a little bit. But it's it's sad. It's a sad day for them. So I really liked the game. I thought it was good. And I'm bummed that it's not going to go any further. But right. that's okay because they're working on Borderlands 3 probably. And they're also working on Brothers in Arms. And they have a couple other titles. Apparently they bought Homeworld, which I didn't realize that. Really? Yeah, they bought huh. that back when uh, THQ went under. So they have a couple of other things in their lineup that they could pick up and play right. and purchase. So that'll be cool. Very nice. Um, anyway, so last thing we have in this discussion here is uh, PewDiePie. Man, everybody knows PewDiePie. He is a Twitch streamer, and that is crazy that he has come out on what? Twitch streaming and said the N-word. He, I don't believe that he didn't know, like, I don't know what to think about this, but at the same time, it's like, how do you not know that you're the most popular YouTuber and you just yell at that word? Well, I feel like it was probably like in the heat of the moment. No, just not even. Not even. Well, yeah, because like I don't ever say that for any reason ever. Like it's just not in my vocabulary. So it is clearly in his vocabulary. Um and he happened to say it when he was publicly streaming. And that's no, I just don't believe he did that off the like, you know, just out of, you know, his, uh, what do you call it? Uh, subconscious, you know, thing. Like, I, you know, the word has, I don't know. You just don't do that. Like, that, he's an idiot. He's just, if that is what he did because of his subconscious. And he's just, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, how do you just say that on a stream when you know you hold yourself to a higher standard because people watch you, listen to you, 
and look up to you in some form or fashion, whoever that may be. And it's just like, you just, you have to put, you put a standard on yourself. I feel like, you know, like I do that for me and I'm not even, I don't even have 500 million people watching me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how do you do that? You just don't do that. Like you're, he's a fucking idiot. Well, you know what, what's really interesting is that there was another... I can't find it right now because PewDiePie has taken over the search streams for this particular search. But there was another guy that did the exact same thing. He was a, a gamer that was be, an up-and-coming streamer. He was getting popular hits and he was playing, I think, Overwatch. And he said he like yelled at somebody and called them an N, the N-word and like screamed it out at them in like a massive rage. And then it just like blew up on the internet and people were going crazy. And I know you're talking about, but he like lost his shit, like literally and like had a crazy meltdown and basically said the worst thing you could think of. And that, but that guy was a black guy. And so it was, I mean, it was just not appropriate in any form of the fashion, form or fashion, but on the PewDiePie side of things, he said in this apology video that it was something that I said in the heat of the moment, I said the worst thing I could possibly think of. And it just sort of slipped out. Well, it's not going to slip out because, yeah, yeah I mean, it doesn't it's got to be something that's you natural know. part of your language in order to say that. Um, so he's not going to make any excuses. He's disappointed in himself because it seems like he's learned nothing from all of these past controversies. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, like, you kind of have. So he and then he comes out, comes out and says, I'm just an idiot. And that doesn't make up for what I said or how I said it. So whatever. But Can he's we, upset. And it just. You should know better than this. See, At the after point you all are, these controversies, he's still doing this. Like, holy. He's still doing this. Still doing it. He should, we, he should wear a dunce cap all the time. Yeah. We, we should just start a petition for him to wear a dunce cap all the time. So um, Campo Santo, the guys behind Firewatch, actually came out and said that they are... Um, they were actually filing a DMCA, which is a basically they're filing something to where he cannot a DMCA takedown is what it's called. Right, right. right. Uh, where he cannot use any of their games content in any of his streams ever, um, which is crazy. That you know that's that's a response that you know you can clearly tell that it affected people in some way because he is reacting to that. Um, like the, these people are reacting to this kind of situation. And later on, Sean Vanneman, who's the one that publicly announced it, he came out and said he regrets using this method, but stands by his choice to keep basically Firewatch off of the, this guy's channel. Cause he doesn't want this guy promoting his game when they don't agree with this guy's right, actions. Right. So no, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think after all these times he's felled as a str streamer and a person of high regard, like it's time for him to. I think he just needs to let go, let it go to rest because he tried. I remember when he came out, it was like I'm done doing these kid streams. I'm gonna become more adult, and then now he's more childish than ever. Yeah, like he's it's like what the heck, man? He's not. I don't know. He's just. I've never liked PewDiePie. How old is he? He's. I don't know. He's in his late twenties, I think. Um, and he's, he's, he's in a, he, I think he's like Swedish or something like yeah, that. He's he European. Like that. Um, yeah, he's 99. in Sweden, 27 years 27 old. So years he's, old. he's our age. Um, yeah, he's two years younger than I am. Like, are yeah. you kidding me, man? But he should know better than this, but he doesn't. So it's kind of a bummer, but 
Anyway, so that's going to wrap it up for our gaming news this week. If there's something that we miss or there's something that you have to share on one of the stories from this week, we want to hear from you at hello at dinnergamer.net. We will be back after our just, or we will be back actually after this break with a discussion topic. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. This week's topic that we are going to discuss is on how do we as gamers deal with a bad title for franchises that we adore. So we have games that have been coming out forever, you know, a franchise that has two, three, four, five titles or whatever. And then all of a sudden that one comes out. We're so looking forward to it. We can't wait. We start playing it and then... What happens? Halo 5 happens. <laughs> Halo 5 happens. I will not forget. Halo 5 happens. I will so, not forget that. Well, that's a good jump, jump off point. Let's talk about some Halo 5. So we have Halo, I feel like for you, <laughs> is your most <laughs> beloved game franchise ever. It's it's up there. It's really yeah. up there. I mean, what else What else would beat it for you? I don't know. Like, t- Tell me. Tell me what else. Beyond yep. Halo would Mass Effect was was pretty up there too. Wow, yeah, you know another um, one that just disappointed us all, just yeah. made us all sad, sad and lonely inside. Uh, so anyway, so Halo, you know, for those who don't know, I, me and Travis, uh, old podcaster, he used to love Halo. We played it hours on end. Like I can't even tell you how many times we played Halo over and over and over again, over and over, just countless hours playing the original Halo on the Xbox. And, um, yeah, so then Halo 5 comes out, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, Xbox One, we're going to do all this cool stuff, it's going to be amazing, about the Xbox One, you did the as well. special the, edition Xbox yeah. One for $500. We got the cool controller, you know, I did. that's money I didn't have, but I was like, you know what, fuck it, because I want this game, it's going to be amazing. And then it was complete garbage, and I wasted my money. But hey... They had the requisition packs. Yeah. And you got oh, confetti yeah. and stuff like That's that. Right. That was cool. That was cool. It was not, really. not cool. I don't know. It was it was just really disappointing because I've never been a huge Halo fan. I wasn't like as enamored with it as you guys were. Right. But it was a great multiplayer experience and I felt like Halo 5 just wasn't right. in any aspect of the word. It was okay. But I didn't feel like this badass Master Chief character that I also wanted to be. Um, and it the story was not good. I mean, they touted this big, huge, you know, conflict between the two characters. Yeah. And then from what they marketed I understand... It countless, countless times. Yeah. And then on top of, uh, they had the audio podcast that came out. Oh, that was great, too. I right? love that audio podcast, yeah. whatever it was called. But yeah, it was, was a very called. good audio podcast. You know, it was like leading up to this huge yeah. release that's going to like reveal all these answers to come to light and, and finally get to like dive into what we've been marketed. And then it was nothing like that. It was complete nothing. garbage. I mean, it was almost as bad as Destiny. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Burns. Mm. I hit my mic in the wrong place. Sorry. Okay. I was trying to like do a, I mean, like I'm, a, a burn, but it yeah, didn't work. I'm out. ready to burn everybody. I just yeah. got, I got, a, I got one of those cow prods. And so you mentioned Mass Effect earlier. And like yeah. Mass Effect is a game, like one, two, and three were all super great games. Now, granted, with when three came out, everybody was like, this ending is terrible. I didn't mind it too much. It was fine for me. But what really killed it for me in that franchise is Mass Effect Andromeda. And, you know, for Mass Effect, 
built these characters that I love so much. It built this world that I adored so much. And there, there was just so much going for it. So right. then they came out with Mass Effect Andromeda. It's, it's well, a new time, galaxy. You know, that, that it's world, a new space. Like the expanding world that we didn't see before, you know. Like we've never been able to go to different planets and experience different cultures. Well, right. I say different cultures. There, there were some kind of type form of culture and, you know, different environments with, with different things to explore and different things to see. Like that was all new in that right. time. And it just expanded every time, you know. And I guess some would say Mass Effect 3 wasn't the greatest game in the world, which it wasn't, but... It was still you know. it was still a lot of fun and it was a nice addition to the Mass Effect trilogy. Right. Um completing and, that saga. And, and worked worked well for me at least. But then Andromeda came out and it just was not there was no aspect of it that gripped me. Um yeah. the no. worlds I felt like were good, but not any better than what we've seen before. The new enemy that they brought out was just bad. So it wasn't engaging. It wasn't real. The lead character did not have the appeal that Commander Shepard did for me. And all the supporting cast also wasn't very... Like, there was just... There were so many issues with it. And when it, when it comes to games like this, like, the reason why I want to talk about this is that it's a bummer because it, it, it kind of gives reason to... It shows that there is a beginning and an end to a franchise. And there's some points where you really should just put that franchise to rest. Right. And in movies, I feel like that happens a lot more often. Like they've like you see a trilogy and then you don't really go beyond that except for things like Star Wars and unfortunately Transformers and stuff like that. But when it comes to video games, it's very common for them to try and push a franchise to the point that it just is going to die. Right. Um, Call of Duty has been a good example of that. They've been pushing that so much and at least they've tried to freshen it up with new settings, new stories, right. um, new types of experiences that you haven't had before. But um, you can't really push a game too far. No, you I can't. Mean, I think the only medium you can is books to obviously there's a degree for books and then TV shows. Yeah. Are probably the farthest I've seen any medium push a franchise. Yeah. I mean like sometimes you know you'll have like a 10 season series of right. something and like it Simpsons usually works. Or I don't know what the 30th season or whatever. Right. 50th season. Yeah. Yeah. So but um like things like Breaking Bad for example, I mean that had a 6 season run. And that was deserving of that. Like, had they pushed that any further, they would have been pushing the story right. to the point where they would start losing right. fan interest. And I think The Walking Dead's at that point on the TV show. This is our old discussion. So. We talk about, I, I discuss how money is like a key factor for franchises. Right. And I think you see that here. Like, they're trying to push it to the point where they know people love it and they'll keep coming back for it and keep spending money. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, that's what they're trying to do. Now, the publishers are trying to make a good story, but. You know, being part of these giant companies, there are guidelines for that and how far they can go and not go. So, right. Um, Assassin's Creed, that's that's a game that's been it's one of my favorite games that I've ever played or franchises that I've ever played. Um, But as of late, it's been so hard to be a huge fan of that franchise. Um, The Ezio series was amazing it was so well done Ezio as a character was really likable he was great Assassin's Creed 3 came out and it was good 
it was it was not bad, but I felt like it was like five hours too long. Oh yeah, and they extended oh, yeah. it way too much, and they did too much of the who is this character as a child and how he came to be. I feel like they spent too much of him pre-assassin level, and just this it didn't work for me at that in that game. And then we had Black Flag that came out, which everybody loved. I never played a lot of it, but everybody loved that. And then since then, it's just been kind of falling down and down and down and it hurts like for me because that's a franchise that i love so much like that's one of the few few games that i would almost reach 100 percent completion like i would get really close and it's it's upsetting i'm i'm and origins now has a new hope for me like i'm excited i i feel like there's a lot of things that they've done with this that makes it feel like it's going to be good except I don't like the main character that much. I don't know who he is and I don't, right. He doesn't have a personality. Like Ezio had like this kind of Nathan Drake esque personality, right? Which he was likable. He was serious when he had to be, but then he had some kind of like, you know, this, this humor side to him, um, which is nice and believable. And then, this but new I guy. Think, I think that says something with the writers, the people who oh, are yeah. actually creating these characters in the background. But um, let's talk about maturity. Obviously, all these games we're talking about came out when we were young adults, right. high school, early college, you know. Do, do you think growing up, expecting certain things now has changed the way we look at these games? Basically, do the games that are coming out now, do you think we would have liked them back in the day? Like That's if we were in high school? that's a good point we had more time Actually, there we yeah. had more time to soak it in you know we didn't have the stressful life where we're just like give me the story give me what i want i'm and not getting attached to characters so just like we're different i'm gonna fuck yeah. this game i'm done with it you know yeah i i think it does have a lot to do with it i really do because i mean yeah the first mass effect was amazing and then Devin talked about recently how he doesn't like it he doesn't right. like the characters he doesn't like the world had he played it five years ago, he probably would have liked it. Right. And at that time and that place in our lives, it was such a well done game. Um, but yeah, I think definitely age has a lot to do with it because I know there's a lot of games that come out that are, people are like mind blown about how good they are right. of younger audience. And for us, like we played so many, we've gone through so many experiences, our level of expectations consistently get higher as we play more games and that's a bad thing for developers right because they're because like these franchises up. they are trying to keep that audience they've have you know had in the past but also getting new ones and it's right. just kind of like who are you gonna who are you gonna kind of pander to more and i feel who like you're gonna call there's like they're, they're, they're taking nostalgia of the name you know for a franchise and then marketing to all the new people that are gonna right. come into it and they're just like dang it we just please have please have our game that we've loved so much. Like dang, like at some point, I feel like they. I wish they would just release the IP and like here, you fans, you build a game that you you know love or whatever, right. something like that. Which is kind of like how what Sky what Bethesda does with Skyrim and Fallout, like just giving it to the fans to kind of open up and create cool things and make it new again. Yeah, which that's true is why they've lasted so long. Which is why Skyrim is still a big game right now. <laughs> yeah, Skyrim has had one of the longest lives. I've any seen, game yeah. I've ever seen in a long time, except Might for I guess Wow, wow yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's 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 strange. I mean, so it, let's let's compare companies because let's okay. talk about a franchise like Wow or Diablo or Starcraft. 
And they came out way longer than all these other games, but they continue to be good games even now. They are a little dated now, some of them, but I mean, well, those games too. Why? why? I think with those that makes them so different. So this is interesting to bring this up because um, the games that we previously talked about, Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect, stuff like that, you saw a new one come out every three or four years or whatever. But Diablo, for example, has been around for a very long time. Like I was playing that back when um, like Starcraft 1 came out in 98, 97-ish. And then Starcraft 2 came out like 10 years later or nine, eight years later. So that's a huge lifespan. We've only seen two Starcrafts. We've only seen three Diablos. True. And when you look at WoW, I mean, that's really, we've only seen one WoW, but they've, I mean, how many expansions? Like five, I guess, in like 15, 20 years, something like that. Like it's been around for yeah, so long. I think there's something to Blizzard. Blizzard takes time with their properties. Like they're going to give it enough time to make sure that this is going to be a good, solid game that is an appropriate addition to the franchise. And they're not going to jump into new IPs or new experiences until they know that they've done their homework to ensure that this is going to be a good, solid game. Assassin's Creed was falling into the problem of we got to bring one out every year and that hurt them or every two years. And that was the thing. It was more about, like you said, money than it was actually bringing out new games that were actually going to be good. Um, Rockstar is a great example as well because they, I mean, they've had five Grand Theft or six or seven Grand Theft Auto games but it's very uncommon that a Grand Theft Auto game comes out every two or three years. It's like every five or six years that you see a new Grand Theft Auto. Right. Like there's right. a huge, huge time between the titles. It's because they're putting that that time into making sure that they're good games and that they're going to sell well. So I think that's, you know, when we say like, how do we deal with a franchise that doesn't deliver? It's, we we move on to those games that, do make sure that they deliver at all times. And right. um, I guess there's just a quality difference in this franchise over this franchise. And see, that's how I think it's all, it's it all goes back down thing. to money. Like you yeah. wouldn't put these games out every year, every two years. If you really wanted to make them good. Right. I mean, how, how often does the Bethesda put things out? You know, yeah. how long did Fallout 4 come like take to make? Right. Quite a while. Yeah. And they made a crap load of money. Right. Well, when I, when I was listening, again, going back to that Randy Pitchford interview I was listening to, like he said that the interviewer was asking him, like, why haven't you announced Borderlands 3 yet? Like, why? It's, it feels like it's been a while. And he's like, because we don't want to announce something until we know we have something. Right. That, so we're, we're working on some Borderlands stuff. We're working on this. We're working on that. But we're not going to let you know until we know, like, this is the thing, that this is what we want to build. And more people should do that. And it was also interesting because he was talking about how when they made a game called Aliens Colonial Marines. Did you ever play that or hear about that? I, I was looking forward to it, but I never played it because right. I heard it was shit. It was. But, it, well, to the reviewers it was. But to them it wasn't that bad. And from what he said on his side, it was because of Sega, the publisher, that made it not what they wanted it to be. Because they wanted to put out a live action, like a, a live action trailer that 
Gearbox didn't want to put out. They didn't think that represented the game the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So they brought that trailer out, and then in a way, they it was a little rushed, I feel like, and there was some decisions that were made that weren't really on on like their decisions. It was from the publisher's right. side of point of view. And then reviewers also were expecting a like he 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 put it in an interesting way because Borderlands had come out that was like a nine. Nobody knew what that game was going to be, but it got really great reviews. So then people were expecting a nine. So for them, Aliens, because of the time that they had, the amount of money they put into it, and the fact they were working on Borderlands 2 at the time, for them, they were putting out a seven or eight level game. But because they had put out a nine before that, the expectation of people was a nine. So as a result of that, a game that should have been a seven ended up becoming a five because their expectations were so much higher. So... It hurt them in that that sense. Yeah, and player expectations is is key. Key. Yeah. Good example, Halo Five. Yeah. Key. Like and Destiny, technically. Destiny right. one. So that's just something that, that I don't know. I don't think anyone's kind of figured that out. Right. It's just hit or miss every time. Yeah. So I mean as far as like how do we deal with it? It's really it comes down to I get depressed. I go in a room, I lock sad, up, I cry. It's a it's a bummer, a but it's it's a natural part of what's going to happen with games. Like right. not every game is going to be a, a a win. It's there's going to be misses, and those are things that we just have to accept and deal with, and know that you know they they may not have done it right. And it's not necessarily that they screwed up. It's that it's it's a lot of player expectation, like you said. Um, and that's, that sucks, but that's just the way it works. But for me, like if a game doesn't deliver the way I want it, I sell it and move on to something else. And just, that doesn't mean that that developer isn't good anymore because they're going to eventually make good games again, probably. Right. They just didn't make, make the right choices and it kind of sucked. But it's it's funny to see these giant, giant companies with, um, millions of dollars to throw around to make an amazing game if they wanted to, you know, given the right time and resources, which they usually give more resources than time. But, you know, comparing it to Ninja Theory, who's a small company who made a triple A style game. The Hellblade guys, right? Hellblade, yeah. yeah, Who just blow blow me away. And I still can't get over the fact that their motion capture for face facial animations was in another galaxy compared to Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, how is that even possible? You know? I think... You, you, know, ex- yeah. you expect... Like, we... I expect... I'm sure you expect the same thing a lot out of that company. Right. For... And, and the Mass Effect franchise. And they just... They don't, don't deliver. It's just like... It's like more... The, the older I get, I, I am... Damn you, Devin. I am getting a little jaded <laughs> because it's just like... I've realized and I've become more attuned to what is actually going on in... in, in I guess the politics and behind the scenes. And it's like, I'm more now keen on like doing indie games than I am these AAA titles. Cause like it's going to be 60 bucks and it's going to be DLC and they're going to want you to do some microtransactions. I mean, the, the bigger a game gets, the harder it is for them to deliver the level of quality that we come to expect because there's so many more variables at play. You have publishers that have to make sure that they hit the right numbers to get the right, amount of money for that quarter they have a quarter expectation and then you also have the fact that um you have a larger team so it's a a more people to manage 
to keep that level of quality that you wanted to right. have. Right. So back when you were a 10 man team, it was way easier to make sure that that quality was up to par because when you have 10 people, those 10 people wear many hats and they have more passion in the project because if one person sinks, the whole project sinks. Right. But when you have a like hundred man team or a 200 man team, like that's so different because one person falls behind, then it's okay. But they also have a faster like life cycle that to do because they have more money that they got to spend on these people right. who are building these games. So right. they got to put, produce things quicker and faster and knock it out. And it's a business problem. I mean, it's a, it's, it's <laughs> it comes down to the fact the that it's like you, you get big and then once you get big, you're eventually at the fall because it's just, you're not going to be putting out the quality of stuff that right. people want. And that's why we see a lot of these uh, huge uh, developers, leaving these giant companies and starting their own company right. all over again. And I, I love that. That's the only industry I think in the world you can actually do that. Right. Um, so I yeah. think far cry five is going to be one of those. That's going to be a franchise that people oh, yeah. adore. And this one probably from what I've been, t- what I've been listening to far cry five is basically far cry all over again. Yeah. Basically. But their different pitch setting. and what they were selling about this game was looked like it was gonna be so different. And that there is a problem with the scale that they're at now as a develop as a studio. Right. That they want to deliver this, but they can't because they're hindered by the fact that they need to meet sales numbers. So if it's more of the same, it's yeah, easier see, to get people jumping on like, board. Oh, man. Grinds my gears, bro. Grinds my gears. So, more of the story is everybody go buy a Nintendo Switch. They got cool games coming out. <laughs> yeah. So, that's cool. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, awesome. that's our rant, I guess. Yeah, that's it. So, if there's something that a franchise that you guys love and adore, and a game in that franchise that came out, you're just like, man, this is garbage, or just did not hit it home for you, let us know in the comments. Yeah. Share with us what you think about that game and what you think can make it better down the line. So we want to hear from you. So that's going to conclude our discussion topic this week. If there is a topic that you want to hear us talk about, please let us know at hello at the innergamer.net and we will discuss it. Don't forget if you are listening to this to go check out our live recording of this on Thursday at youtube.com slash the inner gamer. You're listening to the inner gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. On September 22nd, we have Pokémon Tournament Deluxe coming for the Nintendo Switch. This is Pokémon Tournament from the Wii U coming for the Switch. New Pokémon are coming out, including uh, names that I don't want to say because I'll screw them up. Rounding out the roster to 21 total Pokemon in this game. In addition to new fighters, there will be 3v3 team matches, team battles, ranked matches, and group matches. The Switch version will also have a few different control options, including the ability to play versus right on the tablet mode or when the system is docked with each player using one Joy-Con as a controller. Brett, you got to say these names. Try them. Come on, just say okay. the first one. Darkrai, Scissor, Empoleon, Krogunk, and decidui <laughs> man they're getting so weird now with these names they're so weird okay i've never heard of any of those I except know. for none of them um 
Also on September 22nd, something I'm really excited about, Project Cars 2 is coming to the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This is the sequel to the very popular Project Cars 1 that really impressed people. It's a brand new title, and it's a racing game that's got some simulation focus to it, and it's very authentic, very beautiful, and technically advanced for a racing game. So it's like... Those people that aren't need for speed folks can jump into this game and really enjoy themselves because it's a real raw racer. Um, lastly, we have on September 26th, a game called Ruiner. It's for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Ruiner is a brutal action shooter set in the year 2091 in the cyber metropolis Ringcock. A wired sociopath lashes out against a corrupt system to uncover the truth and retrieve his kidnapped brother under the guidance of a secretive hacker friend. Austin, are you playing any of these games? If not, what else are you going to play this week? Uh, probably just play some with Destiny with my friends. I don't know. I might get ruined. Yeah. By the way, if you guys want to uh, listen to an interview we did with one of the people that worked on Ruiner, go to intergamer.net. Oh, or I forgot about that. Go to YouTube forward slash intergamer. YouTube.com forward slash intergamer. And look up our Ruiner interview with Pat South. That's right. That's anyway, exciting. What do you play? Uh, I am Good. probably going to get Pokemon Tournament. That. I, will, I really want to get Project Cars too, but I haven't played the first one. At this point, I don't really care to play the first one because this is coming out. Yep. But I have limited time. So, so just Destiny. Destiny, <laughs> maybe Pokemon Tournament, maybe Project Cars. We'll see. So yeah, There's a lot of maybes in there. There's a lot of maybes, man. So many games. And we're not even at the, the storm yet. No, we are at the storm. We talk about it. This is the storm. Yeah. But then October going to destroy us all so much so much happening all right so that's going to wrap up our show this week be sure and check us out next tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast visit theintergamer.net for our latest episodes blogs videos and social channels if you like what you hear please leave us a review on itunes or tell a friend we also have a patreon setup which is a way for you our listeners to donate to the cause in order to bring you all the great content you want to see and hear Plus, if you support us, we have some awesome rewards waiting for you, such as being a guest on our podcast, getting exclusive content, or even joining us for a D&D session where Devin tries to kill all of us all at the same time, every single moment. And it's just teeth grinding, nail chipping, heavy breathing, fun. My name is Brady Noski. Yeah. I'm Austin Burrows. And you've been listening to The Inner Stop it right now, please. Please stop it. I can't stand this guy anymore. He's so much just pain to my ears and my brain. This is why I have a migraine, Brett. This is why I've had a migraine for the past two days, because I knew I was going to come here and listen to you do this bullshit.